What that means is God's great big plan for the world is really a story about Jesus Christ. A true story that you and I are living in right now. Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's word to be empowered and challenged today. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And some slapped him saying, prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is- we found this man misleading our nation and forbidding us to give tribute to Caesar and saying that he himself is Christ, a king. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Pilate said to them, then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, let him be crucified. And the inscription of the charge against him read, the King of the Jews. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from that cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And again, as we read, look for that term, Christ. I don't know if you've noticed it already, but it really is at the center of what's happening in this story. One of the criminals who were hanged, who were hanged railed at him saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Amen. It's good to be together tonight. Someone was saying earlier that there's nothing quite like being together as the church on Good Friday. Um, we're glad that you're here uh, as the people of New City Fellowship. If it's your first time here, we're glad that you took a risk and came to be with us tonight. We know it can be intimidating to walk into a new church, and so we commend that risk, and we're glad that you're here with us to worship Jesus. Um, as we said earlier, we're looking at Jesus Christ, and many people think that Christ is Jesus's last name, like my last name is Homus, uh, but it's not his last name, it, it's a title. Jesus would have been more formally known as Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary. That word Christ is a title. It's a Greek word that comes from the Hebrew form for Messiah, the chosen one, the anointed one, the Christ. Now, many think that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. Some because they're still waiting for the Christ. They're still waiting for the Messiah. Some think that Jesus wasn't the Christ because he actually didn't like to be called the Messiah. When people would talk about it, he would quiet them. He would avoid that term. And the reason why wasn't because he wasn't the Christ. The reason why Jesus avoided that term was because the word Christ was so politically loaded in his culture at the time. To mention the word Christ would have brought out so much expectation that as many people follow Jesus already, he would not have been able to move had he called himself the Messiah, the Christ. If you paid attention during the readings, I know that we read a lot of text, but you'll notice over and over and over again, are you the Christ? 
He's the one that says he is the Christ. The Christ is really at the center of why he is being arrested and why he is on trial. And maybe you're here tonight and you, for the first time, would consider, is Jesus the Christ? Is he the Messiah? Now, maybe you already know that he is, but tonight maybe you'd consider afresh what it means that Jesus is your Messiah. That Jesus Christ came for you to save you. Uh, The scriptures tell us that a Messiah, a Christ, is needed because we are broken people living in a broken world. I don't think I need to explain that much to you, but our world is full of evil and darkness and oppression and hatred and chaos. The world is a broken place and the world needs a Christ. But that evil and chaos isn't just out there. It's in us as well. If we're honest, we will admit that what comes out of our mouth is often gossip and untrue. And what we find in our heart is often envy and jealousy. And what we find we do when no one is looking is quite dark. Not only is a Messiah needed for a broken world, but a Messiah is needed for the broken people living in the broken world. The world needs a Christ, and you need a Christ. You need a Christ. Now, saying that is no less controversial today than it was 2,000 years ago. But Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the anointed one. Jesus is the chosen one who has come to save the world and has come to save you and me. And the fact that he is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, it means this. First of all, it means that you are in a story much bigger than your own story. You're in a story much bigger than you. The biblical story starts in a garden with a good God who makes a good creation until this serpent, this mysterious snake comes in and woos Adam and Eve to rebel against God. And that's when chaos breaks out. That's when a good garden turns into a broken world in the moment that Adam and Eve rebel against God. But immediately in that story, there is a promise about one who would come and crush the head of the snake. And then as the story progresses, we see that there is more promises about one who would come. A servant king who would sacrifice himself to restore his people to God. Uh, One who would be a blessing to all the nations. One whose kingdom would have no end and would bring righteousness and justice and peace in the midst of broken world. And that one that was promised is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is the one who came to crush the serpent's head. Jesus Christ is the one who was the servant king, sacrificially giving himself on the cross for you and me. Jesus Christ is the one who would bless the entire world by going to the cross for you and for me. What that means is God's great big plan for the world is really a story about Jesus Christ. A true story that you and I are living in right now. 
There is a story that is not just about your life, but you get to participate in because Jesus is the long-awaited Christ. Jesus is the Messiah. And our stories matter, but they are not the story. And if you hear that with the right ears, that actually provides relief. Because we live in a world where there was so much pressure to get it right, but you and I daily get it wrong. But there is one who was promised from ancient days that he would come and set things right in this world. And the story of our lives finds its greatest significance when we join our story into his story. There is a story much bigger than your story. That's what Jesus the Messiah means. He he came to crush sin and crush the devil and defeat death forever. And when you turn to him, your story gets wrapped up in his story. I don't know if a couple of years ago you remember Cheryl and Doug. They've both since passed away. Cheryl and Doug came to our church kind of right when we first moved into this building. And they came and they, they didn't even realize that the church that was here before us had moved out. And, uh, and they came and they're just like, well, we like it, we'll just stay. And Cheryl and I had some great conversations about spirituality and about Jesus. And Cheryl had come from a Jewish background. And she was drawn to Jesus and at the same time felt a real tension about her own family story because of her Jewish background. During the midst of COVID, I didn't see Cheryl and Doug for a while. And then they popped up, kind of like nine months into COVID. And, um, and then I didn't see Cheryl again, and she called me and said, I'm really sick. I've got cancer. And it doesn't look good. And I went over to see Cheryl, and, and it didn't look good. And I said, Cheryl, listen, you and I have been talking about your life story. We've been talking about your family story, and we've been talking about Jesus for a couple years now. Where are you at in this? And Cheryl said, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what my story is here with Jesus because my family story, you know, I'm Jewish, Pastor John. And I said, Cheryl, Jesus was Jewish. (laughs) He's the fulfillment of that story. And Cheryl said, I need some time to think. Well, I left on like a Monday or Tuesday and I got a call from one of Cheryl's family members on a Friday and said, this is the end. Cheryl's taken a dramatic turn for the worse. And um, it doesn't look like it's going to last more than 24 hours. And so Chris Curtis and I went over to see Cheryl on a Friday night. And Cheryl was not even able to really open her eyes or even talk. But I said to Cheryl, I said, Cheryl, listen, here we are. You have a choice to make. Is being in Jesus' story part of your story? Tonight's the night for you to decide. Do you want to accept Christ as your Savior? And Cheryl's eyes began to flutter because she was not able to communicate. And I said, Cheryl, just to make sure I understand, are are you telling me that you want to know Jesus Christ when you flutter your eyes? And her eyes began to flutter again. And I said, Cheryl, do you want me to baptize you right now? And Cheryl's eyes began to flutter. And at that moment, she confessed her faith through the fluttering of eyes, and Cheryl joined her story to Jesus' story. The next morning, Cheryl passed away. But because she joined her story to Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, 
what seemed like the end of her story was actually really just the beginning. It was actually really just the beginning of her story. The moment that she realized that her story could be joined to such a grander story, the story of the snake crusher, the story of the sacrificial king, the one who came to pay for her sins, that's when her story found new meaning even in the last 24 hours of her life. Your story can be part of his story too. Jesus being the Christ not only means that there's a grander story than your life story, it also means this. You're not the chosen one, but the chosen one chose to come for you. Our biggest problem isn't that we can't get the job we want. Our biggest problem is that we can't find the relationship we want. Our biggest problem is that we have brokenness between us and God because we have not chosen God. We have chosen to put ourselves at the center of life. We have pursued pleasure and power and control rather than pursuing God. And that rebellion breaks our relationship with God. We are constantly trying to choose things to put into our life or choose things to make us that person that really, all those things can really be about a self-salvation. We look to money to save us. We look to freedom to save us. But what Good Friday means for us, what Jesus being the Messiah, what Jesus being the chosen one means is that we have not chosen correctly, nor are we the chosen one, but the chosen one came for you. The chosen one chose to come for you. In seminary, one of my friends got an interesting tattoo. One of our professors over and over again said to us, you are not the Christ. You are not the anointed one. You are not the Messiahs. Jesus is the Messiah. You're just a pastor. And he would make us say it. Say it now. I am not the Christ. And we would have to say it. And it was so meaningful to one of my friends, he actually got that tattooed on his arm. So every day when he looked at his arm, he would be reminded that he was not the Christ, that he was not the anointed one, that he was not the chosen one. But the chosen one chose to come for him. And the chosen one came for you as well. By his own free will and choice, you can't save yourself. You can't reconcile yourself to God but Jesus can. Jesus did. Jesus, the chosen one, chose to come for you. And what that means is it's not on you. It's on what he did on the cross. By his shed blood in your place, you are reconciled to God. You don't have to be the special one. You don't have to get your life perfectly together. You don't even have to make all the right choices because you are not the chosen one. Jesus is. And he came and chose to come for you. That's what this table is all about tonight. This bread and this wine. What we call communion, what we call the Lord's Supper is really about Jesus, the Christ the chosen one, the one who the story is all about, he invites us into the story. He invites us by faith and repentance to be part of what he is doing. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. 
In the same way, Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcdhh.com. We'll see you next week.